The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello, Boston. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom, and you're listening to Observation from the Trenches. That's right. And this is WBCA 102.9 FM. Again, WBCA 102.9 FM. The name of our, our program is called Observation from the Trenches. We are speaking about things that I have seen that our community is going through, namely uh, American-born blacks, because nobody needs, I think, more of an advocate more than our group. We are a permanent underclass, according to economists. And the word is by 2053, the group will be will have zero wealth. Despite what you see with our entertainers, the very, 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 very small portion of our, of our group, the collective got no wealth. And this past Sunday, what intrigued me with this Super Bowl, everybody was just ranting and raving about for the first time, we got two American-born black quarterbacks. For the first time, NFL, two black American quarterbacks. That, that first nonsense. But nobody never asked the question, why is that? Why is the group we've been here, if you go back to emancipation, over 150-plus years, all of a sudden people now are adamant or static because the first one. Member Condi Rice, Secretary of Defense, etc. What did it do for the group? What about Colin Powell? Colin Powell. Okay. What did what did it do for the group? When you hear this stuff first, nobody never says it is it is an indictment of American society. The white community, right? The federal government allowed you to totally eliminate and exclude a whole race of people who were United States citizens. So in America, what I call up-and-coming, wilderness, undeveloped, okay, we were here. We should be one of the most wealthiest, richest group in America. American-born blacks, Adolf, as I identify as, American descendant of slavery, lineage, bound, not melanin-bound, but everybody get ecstatic about the first. Well, Jalen, all right, and, and and the other young man, all right, they gonna do well. Those two, those two young quarterbacks, they're gonna do it for themselves and their family. It's not gonna do anything for the group. It's not gonna do anything to uplift the group. And I keep reminding folks that Dr. King was murdered for collective uplift, not for a few tokens. And we should be totally appalled. Right, and totally irritated that this this this, this indictment of America is so clear that after 150 50 plus years, after 150 plus years, we now are supposed to be ecstatic because the first one, the first mayor, the first CEO, the first DA, the first commissioner, 
as though that's going to do anything for the group. And keep in mind, keep in mind, neighbor, all right, America white supremacy is firmly entrenched in the psyche and psychology of, of, of its people. So having the first DA or the first uh, mayor, right, they already know the rules. They already know the policies. They can't go in there and do anything, anything of substance. Or they would be, or they would be booted out. So yes, they're there to give the appearance and illusion that America has changed. We got the first this, the first black there, and I, and, and, and I don't know why people are not sick of that crap. Not berating the two uh, young black quarterbacks. They played a superb game. Matter of fact, both teams could have won. You know, it was two great. Great team going at it. And those two young men represented very well. But let's back up why, supposedly now, right, everybody now want a black quarterback that's, that's agile, that can run, that can throw. And why they didn't want one 40, 50 years ago? Goes back to what? Our so-called lack of intelligence. We was not smart enough, bright enough, creative enough. Used to say, no, they won't stay in the pocket. You know, they get, uh, 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 you know, itchy feet. They got to run. So let's really talk about why, right, many, many black quarterbacks, right, were converted to receivers or cornerback because of what? White racism. You had deemed, white America deemed, okay, that we weren't bright enough, weren't smart enough, were not articulate enough, could not, ha- could not handle complex system or Con, you know, complex uh, concepts. So we never excluded ourselves on purpose. That was all by design, by laws that led to behavior that was not in our best interest. Black folks been playing football since inception. Black boys been quarterback since inception. Since inception. So the reason why, you know, it's just not getting now to be uh, okay because the white folks, we, we, we have to wait for them to catch up, to leave their biased, racist behavior when it comes to us. So, I mean, all those kids who were great athletes, great quarterbacks, were converted to either running back, receivers, or cornerbacks because of what? White racism. But we never want to have the pertinent question as to the why. Always you know, he's the first one. She's the first one. Ain't you happy? Not me. Not me. We shouldn't be happy. How many of our folks have lost opportunity? Have seen their skills just, just, just squandered because of white supremacy racism? And not just in sports, okay? Entertainment. And now, just in the last 20 years, this so-called now crossover music. During Motown era, right, guess what? Most of our folks, right, music was shunned by the white community because they called it the N-word. Don't bring that N-word stuff in here. So in America, we always, we always had, had, had to wait for them to catch up, to leave their racist, right, ideologies and behavior before we could be included or walk through the door. And I am really appalled 
and our so-called American-born uh, leaders who don't challenge this here notion, who don't speak about it here. Wait a minute. What are we celebrating? We've been here 150-plus years. 150-plus years. And now before it be ecstatic, why is the first this or the first that? President Obama, first African-American. What did it do for the group? And folks got this other uh, uh, three-cent psychology. You need role models. No, I beg to differ. We need concrete, specific policies aimed at us only. It's going to start to bring about constructive change. Role model. No, 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 we don't need that. We need tangible, tangible policies aimed at ADOS, American born blacks only. How many people can you say benefited from President Obama or from Michelle Obama? I'm just asking the question now. It don't seem like it did nothing to uplift the group or move the group. It, didn't, it don't seem like it, it addressed the racial wealth gap, the income gap. Okay. So, yeah, they look nice, they talk nice, they represent it, right? But it did nothing for the group. Why? Because they were not about fighting for tangible policies to uplift the group. And in fact, President Obama said, hey, huh, I'm president all folks. But he showed fault for them illegals, dockers, lesbians, gays. You know, he showed fault for them. Same-sex marriages, he showed fault for them. But he said, no, I ain't, I ain't doing nothing for you all only. The same with VP uh, Harris. And her lineage, her lineage is, right, she, she, she's, not, she's not Ados. Her lineage is uh, mother from India, father from uh, Jamaica. But everybody can come in right and and and, and just try to try to shoehorn on blackness. They black, but haven't been blessed to travel outside outside of America. When you go to Jamaican, these same blacks here who Jamaican say I'm black. No, they straight they straight up Jamaican. Straight up Jamaican. You go to Trinidad, okay? These same Caribbean say, well, I'm black. No, 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 no. They just straight up Trinidadian. That narrative only holds true here in America, this black-white paradigm. Nigerian, yeah, they're black here in America, but, but when, they, when they go home, they know what tribe they belong to. Africa is very tribalism, a lot of tribes. Well, that counts us out. We don't belong, we don't belong, we don't belong to, no, to no tribe. But again, and many of the so-called first black, this first black there, they're not Ados or American-born blacks. They're Caribbeans. They're Africans. They're not us. But they benefited from our struggle for civil rights, from reaction. Okay? They benefited from us getting beat down, hosed down, dogged down. But they got no skin in the game. No skin in the game. Same with Asians. We need to understand, being the first is not worth a can of beans. And we should be appalled when anybody, anybody say, well, they are the first black Americans to go to college. They are the first black American to own a house, to graduate from high school. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You know how long we've been here? 
Do you know how long we've been here, neighbor? So why should I be ecstatic or pleased that now I got two American black quarterbacks playing at the highest level in the Super Bowl? And we never, ever, ever, ever have a meaningful, painful dialogue about why is that? Because it really condemns white America. It really condemns the United States government because they condone this exclusion. They condone this behavior that we have had to deal with since emancipation. And it's time that we stop selling for crumbs. It's not going to benefit the group. It's not going to do anything to uplift the collective. White supremacy is a social construct of America now. It's firmly entrenched. It's firmly entrenched. It's here. That's why I say I, I don't believe in being pessimistic or gloom and doom or, you know, negative. I believe in accepting what real is real. That's why I say as a member of ADOS, American Born Black, if you don't understand why, you must, you must, you must be, be skilled. You're foolish. You're not going to be comfortable in this country here. And now, nobody needs you. You see all that cheap labor down there coming through that, through that border? They don't need you. And in many cities, they're letting these folks vote without being a citizen, which means Dr. King was murdered for nothing. He was fighting, fighting for you and I to be what? Included and recognized as full-fledged system of all the person benefit. That included the right to vote. That included due process of the law. That included mortgages, capital, nice neighborhood, quality school, all that. Now, you got many of these folks in these cities, right? They let all these illegal vote, which means it undermines the importance of citizenship. It's not important. It's not important. So, again... If you don't understand why it's in your best interest, your best interest, to get off this, get off this, I would call this this fairy tale. You know, people clapping. Oh, the first man, oh, the first. First DA, first lawyer, first one to be on a major network, the first, the first, the first. It's done nothing for the group. Absolutely, positively nothing. And it's time that we, as a collective body, Accept where we are, accept our country for what she is. She's a great country. America is a great country. You get no argument from me about that. When you have sufficient wealth to be comfortable, when you possess a certain level of wealth to be comfortable, America is a great place to be. It really is. It's what you live. And when you don't, you're down to scratching and clawing. And I say for my group, Ados, we've been scratching and clawing since we were emancipated. Emancipated. The, the vast majority of our people have never, ever lived comfortably. They've never been comfortable in America. Never. Meaning that what you need, you can get. Where you want to go, you can go. Live in the community of your choice. Send your kids to school of your choice. Okay? Not worry about paying the bills. You know, have money like, to invest. Not just in property, but also the stock market, stocks and bonds. The collective has never been comfortable. So why we always get get just uh, bamboozled over symbolism? Well, they're the first one. You're the first one. We should be out here screaming and shouting 
that we've been here 150 years, 150 plus years. That's an insult. That's an insult to us. We don't find nothing appealing about that. The first one. Ah, Lord have mercy. What's it going to do for the group? What is it going to be, what is it going to do for the group? Having Rihanna perform Super Bowl, okay, great for her. Like last year, when they had Snoop, Dr. Dre, Mary J, great for them. It's done nothing to uplift the group. And we need to come to terms with our, with our, with our, with our entertainers. They don't make laws, people. They don't make not one policy. Denzel, great actor, does not make one one law. Michael Jackson, right, king of pop, right, didn't pass not one law. Come on now. We are the only group in America that was totally ostracized and disadvantaged because of laws. Slavery, laws. Black code, laws. Jim Crow laws, okay? Being denied part of the New Deal laws. GI Bill laws. Come on now. So why are we ecstatic when you see the first black American, in most cases the first black, you know, because most of them right, are either Caribbean, ancestry, or African. They ain't one of us. And because, of course, you got black skin and speak English does not make you people with me. It's about lineage, about culture. What brought you here is not what brought me here. My struggle ain't your struggle. We've been here over 150 years, but really 400 years, fighting the same spirit of white supremacy racism. But they never say, the reason why it's the first boss man, because of what? White racism. White racism. Your laws made sure that we was not going to be able, right, to thrive or prosper in America when she's up and coming. Your laws make sure that. Your laws. And also now you hear these, these, these cons, these, these concept cons, I call them. Equity, social justice, inclusion, diversity. Done nothing for the group. Never have, never will. Never have, never will. And it amazed me how so-called black leaders Black American leaders, politicians, be on the city, state, or federal level, right? Eat up that nonsense, right? Like mom made home apple pie. They sell that nonsense. They're comfortable. They're living okay. But it does nothing, nothing to uplift the group. And I contend that all these so-called black Americans or, you know, people call you see as first they can't do nothing for us. They can't do a blame thing for us. Why, Larry? Because they don't make laws. They don't make not one policy, not one law is going to do with anything concretely or substantial to start to, mute, to move the paradigm when it comes to American-born blacks. Nothing. It's just an illusion. An illusion to keep you thinking that our country definitely doesn't change. She's changing. And I say to you, the last census in 2020, the number were over, what, 48, 49 million blacks. But say once you break that down to track out Caribbeans and Africans, you got about maybe 40, 42 million. Adults. Hey, 
the vast majority of members in our group, right, are either working class, working poor, or poor. That's it. And well over half of our folks, right, make under 70 grand. You know, you can't do well in these cities making 50 or 70 grand a year, and most got one or two kids. You're not going to do well. And so why do we get ecstatic with the first? The first. We're going to do nothing for you. It's going to be do absolutely positively nothing for the collective. And after being a clinician out here in the trend of the last two decades, seeing firsthand policies made on high, how it affects our folks out here in the trenches, you know, we need an organization that's going to fight for us only. It's going to fight for American-born blacks only. And not be intimidated or shy about saying that. We need to allow other groups, right, to fight for themselves because we have been totally taken up the board. Our legitimate grievance that led to civil rights and these laws being passed, we have been removed. And we allow civil rights to be, you know, covered with this people, people calling nonsense. Nowhere in that concept that speaks about our lineage, our culture, our struggle, all right, what brought us here, our contribution, nowhere in people color that speaks about us. And we, American-born blacks, should, should make sure at every term we make folks this thing. No, 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 they, no people color, that's not us. You're not talking about us. And we, we're not immigrants. What brought them here is not what is not what brought us here. So no, no, we want our own designation that distinguishes us from these other groups. That's why I applaud these young folks who are part who started the uh, Ado Foundation, Yvette Carnell and Antonio Moore. Hopefully, you know, they will uh, build something that a uh, will really fight for the group because. Right now, it's over. And that's not negative. That's not negative, you know. It is what it is. You go to any city, including Boston, you see all this massive wealth, construction, booming, apartments, condos, home. I read here <clears throat> a while while back that the medium, medium home price in Boston was $600,000. $600,000. But the medium income but most blacks in Roxbury, the about is thirty-two thousand. Well, you tell me, what piece of property, what kind of home are they building for a person making thirty grand a year? Better still, what home here in the city of Boston are they building for a person right, making sixty grand or seventy grand a year? You tell me, you tell me. And being in 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 in, in, in a subsidized apartment, you need to understand this in there. All right, apartments do not appreciate. All right. There's no equity built up. You cannot sell them, and you cannot pass them to the next generation. So, in essence, right, there's no wealth. When you really bought it up, when you really bought it all down, it's like you become what I call a lifelong squatter. You guys, you got a place to lay your head. And so, that is the condition that many, many, many in our group find themselves in. So, again, when I hear the term "the first black American," the first black that. You know, I, I'm i not elated. I'm not smiling. I'm not clapping. 
You know, you know how long we've been here? You know how long we've been here? He had the first uh, police, police had the first police commissioner. Now you got a second one. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And I'll say again, great for them and their families. Kudos to them. They're going to do well. All right? But it's not going to be transferable or to the group. And this culture that a uh, undergirds these, these, these institutions is already firmly entrenched. So we got a black commissioner, doesn't matter. Going to be the same. Got a black mayor, doesn't matter. Going to be the same. If you don't have tangible policies aimed at our group only, it's going to start to bring about a constructive change, first down with the mind. Many of our people, since King has have been murdered, has really developed some terrible, terrible habits. But terrible. And too often, many of our folks, right, have lost the desire they want to prosper and thrive. And no, they're not victims. Nope. Nope, they're not victims. They become too complacent and comfortable being on the bottom. And our country has deliberately, deliberately, right, taken care of them, provided for them. Well, if you get just enough to get by, got your little section eight apartment, maybe got your little Mickey Vicky job somewhere, making 15, 20 bucks an hour, maybe got your car out there, might have your flat, flat, flat screen TV, might have cable, you might have enough to eat to keep your belly full. Well, too many of our folks, right, have, have just stopped have just stopped thriving. They have stopped trying to be all they can be. And so that's why you look on, on Facebook and a lot of these platforms, you see a lot of our folks being doing just doing something just just despicable things. You know, like we have lost standards. We have lost pride. And so we have left on the table quite a few folks who are just not going to do well. It just is what it is. And they pass on that same spirit down to your children. That's why people know in these public schools that most of these kids are not studious. Because why? The parents were not studious. They did not develop that trait in their children. And so besides public school being a place where kids come there and vegetate for six hours, seven hours, while mom and dad is working or doing whatever, very little constructive learning goes on. Very little. And so those blacks who have the means and the withal, their kids never went to public school. Never. Never, 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 never. Because they knew ain't, ain't, ain't much going on there. Ain't, ain't much going on in there. And those black Americans, right, who don't have the means, they're stuck. They couldn't take the kids out they wanted to. They don't have the wealth or the means to do that. So the kids end up being not developed, not being not being not prepared. And so they end up, you know, emulating the parents, just getting by. So I'm saying it's time for us to really stop condoning this first nonsense. The first Af- African American do this. We never say, why is that? Why after 150 plus years of being here? We now the first, the first one. And for all these people, all these people that came before, we never really define what it is. White racism, white laws made sure 
that we were going to be excluded and denied participation in America when she's up and coming. You need to be, you need to be very clear here. America now is a what? Developed nation. She's developed. She is a firm, developed nation. And it's not like it was 50, 100 years ago, up and coming. No, she's here. And so we have been permanently locked out, permanently locked out of wealth. And so it ain't gloom and doom. That is what it is. You read any report from the economy, they tell you, you know, the ship is coming and gone and we were not on it, period. And you can be delusion by seeing your entertainers singing, you know, dancing, playing ball. But you understand, they're there to keep you from really looking at your own plight, to keep you from thinking about your own condition. They don't make no power. They they, they got no power. They don't make no laws. They don't pass policies. They're there to entertain you. And we should always keep them in their proper perspective. They're great entertainers but they, do, they don't do anything concretely to elevate the group. And we keep our celebrities where they belong, entertainers. They're great at doing that. But the laws that crippled us, the laws that excluded us, the laws that, 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 denied us, that denied us access, they don't make laws. And yes, they confront their wealth. Yes, that's true. But they already know if they say anything about this construct, white supremacy, then they will be attacked. There goes their endorsement. There goes their contract. That's why all I'm always saying, why can't we get along? Why can't we all live as brothers and sisters? Because they know anything other than that, then they'll be attacked. Again, you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. You're listening to W. BCA 102.9 FM. Name of my hourly chat is called Observation of Trenches. That's right. Observation of Trenches. Well, I speak about what I'm seeing out in the community and how it is vastly, just, 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 just impacting black America, devastating us. So I'm going to take a break. Please, please, please stay tuned and I will continue. The first American black, what does it mean? We never talk about why that is, how we got here. So I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart, heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can Stem. A message from the Ad Council. 
If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP or call toll-free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. I'm back, Boston. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom, and you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. Again, WBCA 102.9 FM. Name of my little hour chat is Observation from the Trenches. That's right, Observation from the Trenches. What I've been seeing out here for the last two plus decades out here in the trenches, providing mental health for our families, getting to see firsthand that policies made on high, how it affects folks down in the trenches. And as many, many, many of you know, because you're living it, group ain't doing well. And this past Sunday, the Super Bowl, as I sat there and listened to all the accolades and all the high praises and how, you know, it's so wonderful that you got two American black quarterbacks going at it at the, at the highest level. Some just said to me, why is that? Why? We've been here since this game inception. Nobody never talked about the why. And the why is because the why is because of the hate and contempt for our community. Think about it now. Let's, let's, take, let's, take, a, let's take a step back in, in the past. They never thought that black American males could play the quarterback, quarterback, quarterback position. Weren't smart enough. Were not tickled enough. You couldn't handle, you could not handle so-called complex uh, plays. You know, couldn't we, stand in the pocket. All that stuff. Remember that? And all those brothers who played quarterback when they went to college, right, were converted, all right, to either running backs, cornerbacks, or receivers. But virtually none of them, none of them, all right, were allowed to play the position they've been playing probably since Pop Warner, high school, even college, quarterback. No no matter how well they had performed, because white racism was entrenched when it came to our group. We were deemed not intelligent. And they used that same narrative today, always trying to a, figure out how smart we are or lack thereof. But nobody never says, well, Jesus, reason why we're just not getting here because of you, white community, because of you, federal government, you state government, you city government. You passed these laws that made sure your community, the white community, right, would make sure that we're going to be locked out. We're going to be locked out. So if anybody should be held accountable, it's you. We had to wait until you caught up, until you lost your racist believing, your, your racist belief, your racist uh, 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 attitude. How many of our folks have lost opportunities because of white racism? Not because they weren't ready. Not because they couldn't get ready. You were not going to allow them into the game. You were not allowed them into the game. What really appalls me about our so-called uh, celebrities, you know, so-called black politicians or spokespeople, they don't say the why. 
Here's why we're just not getting here. Here's why we have no wealth. The New Deal created the white middle class. That's fact. That's fact. Those laws spelled out that you could not, A, have Negroes, right, participate in this government money. Think about this here. Most of all of our people, right, we were on the land, on the farmers. So think about when the explosion of fast food restaurant came into existence, 40s and 50s. You, you need, they, they, need, they need to be supplied, you know, with ham, bacon, eggs, potatoes, french fries. Who would have been better suited to, to be major, major provider than us if during the New Deal, our folks would have got some of that money aimed at farmers, agriculture? Who? Because why? We came from the land. We came from the land. I don't know of not one major, right, provider to these fast food restaurants that is 100% owned by Adels or American Born Black. None. But I can show, but, but you, you can find many of these white farmers who benefit from, 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 from the new bill, from the new deal, government-free money with low interest, sometimes no interest payback. Our folks are here. We're still doing a new deal. We got no deal. So again, you hear folks talking about, you ought to pull yourself by your bootstrap. Well, you make sure we had no boots. When we were emancipated, think about this here. Think about this here. You left off that plantation, right, to starve, right, and famine, and to die. You had no way to take care of You had no way to take care of yourself. So we started out with what? No wealth. And although we have, for the most part, right, been able to thrive and prosper, but we still got no wealth in this country. And the reason being, because we started out, we were emancipated with no resources. All we had was the rags on our back. And for many of our people today, it's what it amounts to. You know, they got no wealth. Many of our folks, right, today don't even have a don't even have a, a, a thousand dollars in the bank. No wealth. And yet, because of our humanity and our spiritual upbringing, right, we have chosen to try to thrive and prosper in a land that's been hostile to us since we got here. Since we got here. And so people have the audacity to say, yes, he's the first one. She's the first one. How much did Condi Rice do to uplift the group? How much did Colin Powell do to uplift the group? President Obama. Michelle Obama. What has their president done to uplift or make the group uh, position better? Nothing. Nothing. And the reason being, we were hurt by laws. We're the only group disadvantaged by laws. And all the research, I, all the research that I've read by economists, even if you rolled out reparation today, it was very, very, very comprehensible. It would take you centuries to move this paradigm that we now find ourselves under. Centuries. And besides reparation, you would need concrete policies aimed at us 
when it comes to housing for black Americans only, okay? City contracts, state contracts, federal contract, private contracts for black Americans only. You'd also need specific policies aimed at us with the trades. The unions have never, ever opened their arms to us. All you see here in Boston is booming, booming construction. But you see very, very, very few American-born blacks out there making that money. And I will contend we should have started our own union. Whereby we said, look here, uh, developer, we're going to train our own laborers, you know, electrician, plumbers, right? You contract directly with us, and we make sure that, hey, we have our people out there on these jobs. We should have had our own union, our own union, because they never, ever opened their arms to us, then nor now. So, again, we always we all hear this nonsense, the first one. Black Americans, being the first ain't worth a hill of beans. You had the first mayor here. Nice lady, I'm sure she is. They're doing things for us. Didn't move the needle, not one iota when it comes to us. Now you, now you have an Asian American. I'm sure she's a nice lady. Ain't gonna do a darn thing for us. Nothing. Nothing. So again, why do we keep embracing and clapping behind things that are just nothing but symbolism? Symbolism. It's not going to elevate or make sure that the group prosper or that the group do better. I'm going to do that. And I'll say again, to all who listen to my voice, if you really want to take a debt and crime, right, you better start in this home. If you want to see crime go down, you're always going to have crime now. You're always going to have crime. You're never going to wear But if you want to see a reduction in, in, in crime, you best start in this home. Crime prevention starts with mom and dad. What kind of home have they constructed? Is it one of love, needs being met, one of discipline? You need that now. Do they, do they also encourage these young people? All right? Do they expose them to a lot of things? Okay? Do they have standards? Okay? Do they have, you know, standards that they live by, principles they live by? So if you want to see a reduction in crime, you best look inside these home. It all starts there. You're not going to be able, by putting a thousand or even a million cops on the street, hey, reduce crime. Because it starts with mom and dad. Are these kids' needs being met? Do they feel that they're being made whole? All right? Are they, do they feel that, they, that they're loved? They're cherished? They are inspired? They're disciplined? They show things. They're showing things. They show them that, 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 that they can be where they can go. They're not prone, right, to violence. Violence is not part of their home environment. Harsh words, profanity, put down, using the N-word. Isn't it funny? Kind of sad, really. Of all the groups here, all the different ethnic groups here, we are the only group that, A, these racial slurs are still being used to describe. All other groups, it's like it's gone. 
you can't insult the Jewish community, Spanish community, lesbian gay community with these, with these, with these, with these, with these racial, you know, epitaphs. You can't do it no more. Or you'll be what? Fired. And if you really, really, really get bodacious, hit with a hate crime. But we are the only group still, all right, running around here referring to themselves as the end. Mm. And all of the groups, all right, well, they just got here, they chime in. They chime in. But you try calling a Spanish person anything outside of their group or an Asian, right, or Caucasian or lesbian gays. Come on now. That's why I contend that since Dr. King was murdered, many in our community has developed some terrible, terrible habits. And many in our community, right, are going to be left behind. Many are left behind. You know that. You know that. That's why many of these urban schools, right, you know they're non-performing. You know that. Because the caliber of students that come out of their home Hear me now. The caliber student that comes out of these homes, they're not studious. They have no study habits. They're not disciplined. They're not lovers of learning. And so school has become a place where kids can go there and sit and vegetate for six or seven hours. And many, 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 and they're raising all kind of havoc. And the few that are try- trying to be studious, right, their parents, once they, once they get the means, they, they get them out of there. So you left with a school system, what? This poor performing student with poor habits. Come out of what? Poor homes. It is what it is. So if you want to see a change in America, you better understand, you better start with the home. Everything starts there. Everything starts there. And the first thing that we need to really, 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 I think, uh, come to grips on we should not be impressed when anybody says I'm the first one. I'm the first one. Huh. You mean to tell me after, five, uh, after 150 years, that's the best we could do? How many people saw their potential squander because why we were deliberately locked out by laws? And so you're going to stand there and be elated, ecstatic, happy because you're here? Come on now. Come on. No people cannot rise their class. No people can rise above their class. No matter how successful you are, you still are a member of what? A bottom cast. If you are a member, member of, of Ados, we have been in this hierarchy, right? We're part of the bottom cast. And America is a hierarchy. And we have been, unfortunately, assigned, assigned to the last wrong. So that's why I say if we ain't fighting for a new deal for ourselves, if we ain't fighting for policies that are going to make life better for our children and our grandchildren and those not even yet conceived, we're foolish. And we need to stop letting people call on these phrases that folks get excited about that means nothing, that does nothing. And the first black is such a, a, a title. What happened to all those before you? What happened to them? But we never had this, this, this what I call uncomfortable conversation. Why is that? 
Why is that we just not getting two black American quarterbacks in the NFL at the highest level playing for the Super Bowl? You know, there's a lot came before them. But why were they locked out? We never, ever, ever wanted to address the why. And I'm putting out into the atmosphere today. I don't know who hear my spirit, hear my voice. But we need to start having very uncomfortable conversation with white America. We need, we need, we need a do-over. We need a do-over. We need a do-over. A do-over. This aim in our community only. The research here, I'm sure many of you, uh, most of you have read the 19, I mean, the 2015 report by the Federal, the Federal, the Federal, the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston that said that American-born blacks in Boston had a medium net worth of $8. $8. So the research has been done, okay? We don't need no more studies on our group. So it's already there. We need our group, right, to come together to start to demand a do-over. Like a new deal? We need a new deal. For us only. And we need to stay on our lane for us only. Begrudging nobody against nobody. Have no extra ground because no group, nobody. We now are permanent underclass. We are last in every meaningful life category. Wealth, income, home ownership, health, you name it, we're last. So what kind of quality of life can you have when you, in every meaningful category, you always laugh? Dead laugh. Anyway, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. Name my hour, our hour little chat. It's called Ops to Victim of Trenches. But I speak about things that I see affecting black America, or ADOS as I identify with. And my dialogue today was the first American black. What does it mean? What does it mean? And our contention means nothing. It'll benefit them and their families, all right, and a few folks around them. It's going to do nothing for the group. It's going to do nothing for the group. Nothing. Think about all these so high-profile black you've seen in politics and business. Done nothing for the group. Why? They don't make laws. They don't make laws. And what's really so problematic that we've always given the most to America, yet got back the least. But on every war she ever had, got nothing. We're the most loyal and devoted of all these folks here. But we always, always, always are treated like what? Poop, puppy poop. And I see it's time for us to demand and fight for a new deal for us only. Because in my humble opinion, the civil rights right movement failed. It failed to achieve what King was fighting for. For us to be treated as full-fledged citizens with all the personal benefit of whiteness that included, right, due process under law, good housing, good education, all those intangibles that make up being a citizen is what he was fighting for. It was not just for you to vote. No, 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 no. Voting don't pay my bills. Don't pay my mortgage, my car note. They did not allow me to absorb my my daughter's you know you know college uh, 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 cost. Having high income skills is 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 the beginning. So again, as I wrap this thing up, I want you to tune into me next week, next Wednesday, every Wednesday I'm here, 
And I speak about things I'm seeing in the community. And again, this is not a gloom and doom. I don't believe in being negative. I don't, I don't believe, believe, you know, being pessimistic. I believe in looking at life how it is, how it is. And for us, we, we need to get off this first stuff. First this, first that. Whoop it do. Whoop it, whoop it do. It ain't doing nothing for the group. So again, you've been listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. Again, you've been listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. I'm your host, Larry Larry Higginbottom. And the name of our program is real simple. Observation from the Trenches. Well, I speak about things I'm saying out here in the community, throughout the country, that is adversely impacting us. In this term, the first needs to go. We should not be impressed with anything called a first. Because keep in mind, we've been here 150 plus years. 150 plus years. We should be one of the most wealthy, wealthiest position group in this country. Why? We're here when she's what? Nothing. She's undeveloped. Nothing. Raw, raw material. We're here. And the laws of white supremacy, white racism, made sure we're going to be locked out. And now we have been permanently locked out as a group. Don't be deceived by your entertainers or your celebrities. Does nothing for the group. Never have, never will. Never have, never will. So again, until next Wednesday, you know, I want you to understand, you have to sometimes look at where you are. Look at life the way it is. So until next Wednesday, God bless you and be safe. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.